This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 141-inch. On this week's episode, we continue our interview with Doug Haverty, the art director for many of Weird Al's albums. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Well, hello, welcome to episode 141-inch. We hope everyone enjoyed part one of our interview with Doug Haverty last week. There's so much great information from Doug. Can't wait for you to hear the rest of this awesome interview. You know, I was particularly fond of everything that Doug said about my favorite album, Off the Deep End, and how much attention Weird Al put into making that album as true to the original as possible, including using the exact same pool that the Nirvana cover was shot in. I knew that Al reused like some extras and filmed the video in the same spot, but I didn't know about the pool, and I had no idea that Nirvana's label created that wavy font for Al's album. How cool is that? Yeah, I don't think I knew that either. That was pretty stinking majestic. So also during part one of our interview last week, Dave, you mentioned this really interesting Peruvian copy of Off the Deep End. And you actually went and posted some pictures over on our Facebook group, group group.2000inch.com. Yeah, that cassette is probably one of my most favorite pieces in my collection, just because of how many weird spelling mistakes it has on it, how unintentionally funny this cassette cover is. (laughs) Now, Dave, let me be fair. I didn't find any mistakes. You know, this looks to me exactly like the American weird all Yankovic cassette that I have. (laughs) Of course, Ethan is pointing out one of the many spelling mistakes on the album, how Weird Al is referred to as Weird All Yankovic right in the title of the album. And how could they get that wrong? (laughs) Well, they consistently call him Weird All Yankovic or All Yankovic. And it got me thinking, the All Yankovic is kind of like, I don't know if you know Transformers, Dave, but the All Spark from Transformers. But I think the All Yankovic, any song that it touches just becomes hilarious. <laughs> so what was your favorite mistake on the album, Dave? Oh, there are just so many. I mean, really, I got to encourage people to go over and check this out on group.2000inch.com if you have not already. My favorite has to be during the polka, they list all the songs and they get so many of the song titles wrong. Yeah. But, you know, the Metallica song, Enter Sandman, they have it listed as Enter Sadman. <laughs> That could be a a parody all in of itself. (laughs) It could be. It could be. I like uh, they have Weird Al's song listed as when I was you age. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's kind of poetic. Like when I was you age. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what they were going for this thing, but if you need a good laugh, go check out that album cover. Now, of course, we'll have more with our interview with Doug Havertsey later on this episode. But first... It's time for This Week in Weird Al-Related News! Friend, Patreon supporter, and Michigan resident Jake Larson has alerted us that his state held a contest to name a new snowplow. In sort of a cop-out move, they announced 299 winners for the names of this plow, including the name, wait for it, 
Weird Plow Yankovic. <laughs> I love that. And while we appreciate the name, it would have been preferred that Weird Plow Yankovic was the sole winner, but you know, we're happy with it nonetheless. Friend and Patreon supporter of the podcast and super talented musician, Summer Woods, has finally released a physical edition of her brand new Weird Al cover album, Chihuahua Hat. You can pick up this CD by heading on over to summerwoods1.bandcamp.com and then you can check out the glorious, pretty stinking majestic Dave and Ethan cover art cameo in beautiful print. We here at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast are sad to report the passing of beloved comedian and actor Bob Saget. While we are not aware of any projects that brought Weird Al and Bob together, both Bob and Al have performed on the Comic Relief charity shows. Plus, Bob was the original host of America's Funniest Home Videos, which is mentioned by name in the MC Hammer You Can't Touch This parody, I Can't Watch This, from Weird Al's Off the Deep End album. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, Gil and Chill in Peace, Bob. Episode 131-inch guest Scott Ackerman has a fairly new podcast called Scott Hasn't Seen that's exclusive to Comedy Bang Bang World, and it's all about movies that, well, Scott hasn't seen. The most recent episode is all about the movie Footloose and features none other than Weird Al as a guest. Subscribe over at cbbworld.com to listen to the episode. Amanda Cunningham and Jared Tauber of WMSC Radio at Montclair State University have been nominated for an Intercollegiate Broadcast Systems Award in the Best Celebrity Interview category for their collaborative interview with Weird Al. If you recall, their interview for International College Radio Day referenced a few specific anecdotes that were originally shared on our podcast. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, congrats to Amanda and Jared for the nomination. We will be rooting for you in March. And finally, the Whale and Dolphin Conservation, along with the New England Aquarium, in an effort to raise awareness about the North Atlantic right whale and help researchers identify them, have named 18 individual whales. Now, why exactly are we talking about whales on Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast? It's not Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Whale podcast. Well, okay. One of the whales is named Accordion due to a scar on her back that's due to a collision with a boat that resembles an accordion. Each of the 18 whales will have their own human-like yearbook bio. Accordion is listed as a 10-plus-year-old female who loves to hang out in Cape Cod Bay and southern New England, and her favorite song is Polka Face by Weird Al Yankovic. Accordion, just in case you're listening... That impressive whale impression, followed by the even more impressive spatula hotline noise, means that we have a message on the 347 spatula hotline, the official hotline of Dave Nathan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. All right, time for our intern Frank to hit play. Hey, Dave and Ethan, it's Johnny O'Hearn here. And I'm calling because I wanted to give a special sentimental shout-out. So, your 27th Patreon subscriber, Heather, just turned 27 a couple of hours ago. Now, it's not often a Weird Al fan turns 
27, right? No. Maybe. Have Frank do the math. Anyways, wanted to say this with every Weird Al fan in the world, at least all the cool ones listening. I love you, Heather. Happy birthday. And a pinch to grow an inch. Okay, Frank, cut this part out. I can't hang up. Frank, turn it off! Aw, how sweet. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, happy 27th birthday, Heather. Well, that sound means watch out for the boats at Jeffrey's Ledge and enjoy the Krill in Provincetown. And that other sound means that we have another message on the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. All right, Frank, let's play it. What's up, Dave and Ethan? This is your favorite guest from episode 47-inch, Jason Alchol. I just wanted to call and leave a message to let you guys know that I notice at the end of every podcast, you thank your Patreon subscribers and give them a few shout-outs to specific members. So far, I think I only got one shout-out. So my goal in 2022 is to get more shout-outs at the end of your podcast. But I want to earn it. So here's what I did this past week. I loaded up the car put in the new Summer Woods CD, Chihuahua Hat, which everyone listening should pony up for. And I literally took a three-day journey to visit Darwin, Minnesota. I know they're a big sponsor of the podcast, and I figure if I wore my Darwin County shirt in the zero-degree weather and then post pictures on the Dave and Ethan Facebook page, maybe, just maybe, I'll get a shout-out at the end of your show or one of your shows. I'll even exclusively post pics on your page without my winter coat on, if that helps. Just for you guys. I'll have to tell you more all about it sometime. I got a funny kind of feeling I'll be coming back again next year when it's warmer. Happy New Year. Jason, thanks for the call, Jason. Well, guess what, Jason? We're not going to give you a shout-out just because you asked us to, Jason. That's right, Jason. We will not acknowledge your self-serving Jason voicemail. Can you believe that, Jason Alchill? Calling into the 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of David Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast, and leaving a message just so we would give him, Jason, a shout-out at the end of the episode? Ugh, that makes me so mad, Dave. Anyway, let's move on to an ad to cleanse the air and help us forget all about Jason Alchill. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota a beautiful, it's also Al Chili. This past wintry weekend, Darwin, Minnesota was temporarily home to a bald gentleman in wire-rimmed glasses running around the town. Residents of Darwin, Minnesota may have seen this gentleman walking around the town this past weekend wearing a blue Discover Darwin t-shirt. And no winter coat, despite weekend temperatures hovering around 3 degrees Fahrenheit. Rumors have it this man is named Jason, and he was taking pictures all around town, including... In front of the Twine Ball. In front of the Twine Ball sign. Near the Twine Ball Inn. And near the Weird Alley sign. Pictures of Jason have surfaced on the official Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast group, over at group.2000inch.com. After careful forensic study of the photos, it appears that Jason visited the Twine Ball with his family, but his family was not brave enough to take off their winter coats and pose for the photos in three-degree weather with nothing but a t-shirt on. Brave enough? 
or stupid enough. We shall let the listeners decide. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next chilly expedition. Discover Darwin more than just a twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. You hear that, Jason? Now you can visit discoverdarwin.biz, now that you've been there. All right, let's pick up part two of our interview with Doug Haverty right where we left off last week, already in progress. So a couple uh, singles came out with Al Palooza, including obviously Jurassic Park, uh, Achy Breaky Song, and Bedrock Anthem. And of course, videos for Jurassic Park and, and Bedrock Anthem. It's safe to say you were involved with all of that? Yep. Very cool. Were you on the set at all for the filming of the uh, Jurassic Park claybation video? No, um, that was done in a little studio somewhere, somebody's garage or something, and it took <laughs> months and months. And, and right. I remember Jay and Al just saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's going to be good. <laughs> we, we just trusted them. But I was at the shoot out in the desert for Bedrock Anthem. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I and again, I had a still photographer there. And that's where we got those images for the single. Wow. I understand it was very hot that day. It was. <laughs> I seem to spend a lot of time in the desert with, with artists. There was one where we went out, another Scotty Brothers group, where we went out to... Uh, out beyond Palm Springs, and it was so hot. Somebody's electric guitar started to come apart. It was so hot. Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> they were just posing with the guitars. It's like nobody wanted to pick it up. It was just so hot. <laughs> now, on the Bedrock Anthem video, you know, it starts in color, but then the rest of it's all in black and white. Was there any pushback from Scotty Brothers? Like, hey, we can't have a black and white video. No. 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 There was rarely any pushback uh, for anything on Al. Oh, wow. Because, you know, Al's his, Al's his own creator, you know, and so we just sort of went, you know, you know best, you know, so we're, we're just going to trust you and, and, you know, get it done so we can get it out there. <laughs> That's so great. You know, the only the only time that we had any problem was when we did the compilation albums that he didn't want to do. Right, yeah. Right. But uh, that was just, uh, that's the sales and marketing department saying, we need orders. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned earlier that one of the roles of uh, the art director is to help scout out the location. So were you involved in, in driving through the desert trying to find the perfect spot for <laughs> filming the Bedrock Anthem video? No, I wasn't. Um, typically what happens is you hire a video production company and you talk about a concept, what it is, and then they have a location scout who then nominates diff- different sites. And, you know, mm, okay. Um, I don't know why that site was chosen. Maybe it was because it looked like the desert and then like a uh, hundred feet away, there were, there were houses or someplace where we could put up tents. Right. <laughs> Do you know, was it shot in color and then uh, converted to black and white? Or? Yes. Almost, almost everything in those days was shot in color and then you would uh, drain, drain the color in, in telecine where you would convert the actual film to video. We shot on film and wow. converted to video. And hmm. when you do that, you could enhance the color or drain it. Yep. Wow. Now I'm curious, just how much in advance do you know 
what the video shoot is going to be. Like, for example, you know, you don't show up and you don't see Al's concept or do you show up and you see Al's concept for the first time? Or are you told, you know, weeks in advance, this is what it's going to be like or months in advance or hours in advance? Well, each one's a little different animal. And, you know, Al's also a director, you know, I mean, he always sort of has been. So he, a lot of times he would have the concept or we'd hire a production company and they would sort of talk and come up with the concept and then everyone would sign off. Mm. So uh, I, I don't know that there's another artist that operates the same way as Al because he's such a visionary. Right. And in the uh, Bedrock Anthem music video, there are some clips from the Flintstones cartoon. Were you involved at all in getting the rights for those clips? No, that was done through the production company. Okay. I think the next piece that you worked on was the headline news single. Yes. And I was in the video, too. Oh, you were? I was in the video. Yeah. <laughs> what do you play in the video? I was one of the judges, you know, the people who hold up the numbers. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was there on that shoot. We had Cheryl Northrup on the show before, and, and she mentioned she was also one oh, of the, yeah. the judges. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We Cheryl and I had a great time working on Al projects. Oh, I'm sure. It sounds like a dream project. Yes, they always were. I mean, I, I feel like they all kind of came out around the same time. Headline News, Greatest Hits Volume 2, and uh, Permanent Record, Al in the Box. Were those all sort of worked on simultaneously? Yeah, we worked on um, the uh, Permanent Record box set for a long time. Mm -hmm. There was uh, uh, boxes and boxes of art to be scanned and put in that. Wow. So um, that was that was a huge project. Um, so, you know, we were working on that and then, uh, I did the greatest hits volume two mm -hmm. and, uh, and then we did the TV album. Right. Well, let me go back to the headline news, uh, single for, okay. for a moment. Uh, the cover of the headline news single is, is, is a parody of a old piece of artwork. Yeah. What is involved if you're doing a visual parody like that, do you need to try to track down the original artist or is it, I guess I want to know what is the process kind of involved for putting out uh, parody artwork? Um, it, parody artwork is a complete unusual animal, you know? Um, <laughs> and uh, I think every case is different and you have to have it checked out legally to find out, you know, well, is the imagery in public domain? Obviously, the painting is not, but is the imagery in public domain? You know, and what source are you using? If you took a picture of the painting, who took the picture? Does that okay. person own the copyright? <laughs> um, so now, if it's somebody else that's just painting it, you know, from like typic memory or just repainting it and putting Al in there, then. Um, uh, I don't think there's a problem, but of course we had everything thoroughly checked before we, we did anything. Right. And for that one, was it somebody that, that recreated the painting or was it just basically the equivalent of Photoshopping Al's head onto the image? Um, I don't remember how that actually was done. Um, I worked with several artists who did a, a combination of um, painting, and 
copying and then painting on the copy and then so that it was sort of like antique photoshop without photoshop you know like you, <laughs> okay. you were they would create layers but not with photoshop they were literal layers like they would paint something uh, paint some stuff on uh, a print and then scan it and then print that and then paint some more and then scan it and then make a print and just keep doing it that way. So I don't remember specifically how this one uh, came about. I sort of remember that it was just sort of handed to us. Like, you know, Al's got this image for headline news that we think is really funny. So <laughs> I think that's that's the way that one came about. You've heard that the crash test dummies were so thrilled that they'd been parodied by Al. You know, they said, they said we feel like we made it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think Al actually performed with the crash test dummies on a couple of occasions. He performed the headline news song with them. <laughs> I'm sure. The painting itself uh, is, of course, also on the crash test dummies God Shuffled His Feet album. But it's, it's a painting by Titan called Bacchus and Ariadne. <laughs> Uh, yeah, back in the 1500s. So good luck trying to track down uh, Titan yeah, to get yeah. his, uh, his, his permission to uh, parry I think to assume that the painting's in public domain, but <laughs> the um, greatest hits, you know, we were trying to go for a, a kind of a Peter Max thing um, or Warhol. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And um, Al in the Box, permanent record, you know, that came out in with CDs and cassettes. So um, we had to make different art for that. Right. They did go into the same size box, same booklet. Right. So that was that was a huge, huge, huge ordeal. You've designed the, the booklet for that as well. So something like that. I mean, how long is that process? You're told you need to do this, this not just the CD artwork, not just the cassette artwork, the, the cover for the box, but you also need to now design a uh, really in-depth booklet with lots of artwork from way back at Weird Al's early career. How long did that whole process take designing that booklet? I think it took about three months. And, you know, we would uh, get some pages done and we would make copies and send them to Al. And at one point, I think Al actually went to the studio where it was being done and just looked at stuff because it was faster. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow. Set up the process that way. But that was that was a lot of fun. And when something like that gets re-released, it was originally Scotty Brothers and then re-released on Volcano years later. Would you be involved with any of those updates of adding or changing a logo? No. So that's what I mean. All of the uh, archives files that we had um, went to Volcano. Got it. Okay. So there were boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that went there. And sometimes Jay would call me and say, do you have this? Because we don't see it in the volcano boxes. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) It's a lot to keep track of. So all the artwork you're designing is property of the record label. It's not like you can, you know, make a copy for yourself and take it home. Is that that a correct fact? Yeah. I mean, I would always get copies of the finished product. So... There wasn't a problem with that, but the actual, like the the food album illustration, I don't know, you know, I assume that's in there, mm-hmm. in the boxes okay. that went to Volcano. <laughs> mm-hmm. And 
the TV album art. Oh, we didn't talk about that yet, right? Are, well, that's yeah. a good segue. Is that is that next? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the TV album. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, here again, this was uh, something that Al didn't want. Right. And um, <laughs> he said, you know, well, can, can we have it designed by the guy from Mad Magazine? And I don't know if he... Uh, knew that it could happen or maybe he thought oh, this is so impossible it'll never happen and, and that like that was a condition yeah <laughs> well if you get him to do it we could do this and and he was couldn't be nicer wow that's so cool did you work with him directly on it at all i i think just a, a couple of phone calls and i think al talked to him too mm-hmm. so but that's i love 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 that cover yes yeah. it's so great i love that illustration <laughs> Jack Davis. He's done tons of covers on that. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you another question about the the TV album. When it was released in Canada, they put the Much Music logo on there. I guess they wanted to brand it as their own Much Music TV album. Do you know anything why they decided to put the the Much Music logo on that CD? Uh, I don't. They may have cooked up some sort of campaign where they're going to play the videos or give Al a show or something. Mm-hmm. So it was a tie-in. I'm sure it got approved by us or, or Jay or Al, but um, we just sent them the film from ours. Yeah. So that's, that's what we would typically do to the affiliates is just send them film. And then um, they would normally just put their logo on the back, you know, and maybe change the barcode and stuff like that. But um, uh, that must have been some sort of commercial tie-in so the next uh big release would have been bad hair day yes uh, there's a lot of stuff with bad hair day there's singles there's videos <laughs> there's cds there's all sorts of stuff at what point did you start working on bad hair day is that something where you know you guys are kind of working on it and waiting for al to then be like we're doing a parody of gangster's paradise or is it something where you kind of knew that that was coming uh well it was the same kind of situation where al had been in the studio and was recording the other tracks waiting for the thing to come along and um we did know that um he was going to do the coolio track and um i started looking at pictures of coolio you know, set for for the cover to show Al. Al wanted to call the album "Running with Scissors." Hmm. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I sat down and talked with him. I said, "Why do you want to call it Running with Scissors?" He said, "My mother told me to never run with scissors, so I want to have an <laughs> album called Running with Scissors." <laughs> and I had uh, found this picture of Coolio that looks kind of like the cover. He's wearing a tuxedo. He's got a hat and his, he has his, his uh, hair in the braids standing up, kind of like that. And I showed that to Al. I said, why don't we try and do something like this? And he said, I really want it to be called Running With Scissors. But, and he stared at the picture for a while and he said, could do this. And we could call it Bad Hair Day. <laughs> and that's, that, was, that was when that idea was born. And I just went, oh. Oh my God, that is so genius. Do you know what we could do? Bad hair day. Do you know what we could do with that at retail? You know, so, you know, sat down with the marketing department and we said, we can have bad hair day retail store contests where everyone brings in a picture 
of their worst hair day, and then they they win uh, a date with Al or something. They have the worst hair. So we had so much fun at retail with with that uh, package. You know, we had all kinds of uh, in store displays. Uh, we did stand ups. Yep. Uh, it was, uh, it was, I, and in fact, I think, uh, it was one of the most successful retail campaign campaigns. Wow. How incredible. So that was, that was a load of fun. <laughs> now, did you ever hear any feedback from Coolio about the parody of himself on the cover? Um, I never heard anything directly from Coolio. I know that there, there was exchanges about, a misunderstanding about whether or not he actually gave approval to do the parody. Right. Um, we thought he had, and he said he didn't. And there was, so there was brouhaha about that, but I never heard anything about the image. Um, but I was, uh, I was there at that photo shoot and, um, that was, uh, a lot of fun. We had extensions put in his hair and wire to make those uh, stand up. It was, it's like, this is too much fun. You know, we actually get to do this and get paid. <laughs> do you remember how long it took to get the, uh, the all those braids into Al's hair? A long time. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that his hair and makeup person, Roseanne McElvain, uh, did that hair. Um, she did his uh, hair and makeup a lot. And uh, she was totally up for the challenge. You know, yeah, we can do this. <laughs> and I'm not sure if she did it, uh, if she had done some prep work the day before, because when I got to the studio, they were pretty much, uh, the, the hair was already uh, up and at them. <laughs> <laughs> and there were some other uh, promo pictures of all of Weird Al's bandmates with really wacky hair as well. Uh, was that shot on the, sa on the same day or around the same time? All the same day, yes. And, you know, there were other, there were other, um, other things we did with his hair, too. Like you see it in the album, you know, where there's tons of extensions with, uh, where it's not braided, you know, where it's just uh, being wild like yeah, a bad hair yeah. day. Like a bad hair day, <laughs> right, right, yeah. worst nightmare. <laughs> And um, I remember on this one, um, I said, uh, I told the photographer, I said, take a close up of his scalp, you know, where, where the braids are. And I said, I just want that picture for something. I don't know what we'll use it for. And then we ended up using that picture underneath the lyrics. If you look, if you look at the lyric panels on the cassette and CD, um, they're floating over an enlargement of his braided scalp. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I never knew that. And I, I think uh, Al came Al came over. I can't remember. I think it was this album. We were working on the lyrics. And, you know, he is just, um, he's a self-confessed anal retentive. Yeah. You know, he's, you know, he's totally accepting of that. And we're looking at the lyrics and he's going, okay, now, now this may be really petty, but look at the word don't here. Now, can that apostrophe be any closer to the end? <laughs> and I scunched, I scunched it over a little bit. He goes, oh, too much. Can you split the difference? <laughs> I love that. That's how, that's how deep the attention to detail goes. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I respect the hell out of that. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, something like that would bother him forever. You know, right. he'd look at the album. Oh God, why didn't I, why didn't I have him fix that apostrophe? <laughs> and now, you know, uh, when we shot the video for Amish Paradise, uh, my daughter is in that. Oh, really? Yeah. In what capacity is your daughter in the video? Um, she's a little girl, and um, sort of near the beginning of the video, there's a whole bunch of uh, Amish people, and they're stomping on technology things like uh, Walkmans and <laughs> computers and stuff. Sure. <laughs> they're stomping it, you know, like trashing it. And then she's in the choir. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. She has been a, a Weird Al fan from day one, so that was really fun for her to be in that video. <laughs> oh, so She's funny. still a Weird Al yeah. fan. Yeah. Such an iconic video as well. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, he he directed that video, and um, uh, there was the one part where the uh, he's driving the wagon, and they had to shoot it backwards. Yes. I mean, it was... <laughs> right. It was an, a really Crazy. intense thing that he wanted to do. And and the raising of the house, you know, that we all had all those people on this uh, plantation. It was, it was like being in the middle of a circus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah. So that was a lot of fun. So Amish Paradise was a big single. Also, there was the Gump single, which got a couple different releases. What can you tell us about working on the Gump single and the, the music video? Um, again, we had a photographer on set for that, so we were able to use pictures from the video mm-hmm. for, for the single. And of course, you know, a lot of the stuff that uh, you may not have ever seen because we would do ads for singles in the trades, you know, in all the trade papers. So um, and a lot of that stuff is, you know, it's there for a week and then it's gone. Right. Right. So we had to design a lot of ads that, you know, you just don't, they're gone, but we had to design them. Now, when it came to Al's actual touring, would you work on any of the merchandise or was that separate? That was separate. Yeah. It's a completely different entity. Mm-hmm. Now, later on, when I wasn't at the label, then JNL would come to me for different things, like I did tour banners, and the, we talked about the baseball cards. Right. Oh, that's sure. so cool. Yeah, we definitely will get into that later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> on uh, Bad Hair Day, well, Bad Hair Day was just like uh, for us at Scotty Brothers, that was that was the home run. It just was um, right merchandise sales publicity everything just clicked <laughs> so it's like okay can we wow. do this every time <laughs> um, and 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 being on the set with Florence Henderson it was just oh, wow. um <laughs> it, it was just amazing and she was just as sweet as you could want wow yeah so included on the the gump single was spy hard and the single came out and the the film was released were you involved in that music video or that release yes i i did i did the spy hard single too were you involved in the music video for spy hard yes and also i remember being uh at this at the studio where we filmed al hanging uh against the green screen mm. <laughs> Yeah, Float, floating, and and you know he directed the opening sequence of that movie, so right, uh, that was so hysterical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love that hanging image. It's, it's on the CD art and on the back. Yeah, 
Yeah. Another single from that album, I don't think it got huge release, I think it was mainly a, a radio single, was uh, The Night Santa Went Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that single, it's, it's, it, yeah. it's very bizarre. It's bizarre looking. I think it's the best way I can describe yes, it. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's creepy. <laughs> but fitting. Well, uh, I love that. I love that illustration. Yeah. And it just seemed to uh, fit that song. And uh, I also love uh, Christmas at Ground Zero. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, we haven't got a Christmas album out of Al yet. I mean, we may have to wait another 12 years for that. <laughs> Right, it releases a, a Christmas song every ten years or so. It might be a while. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, one thing I wanted to ask you about was the actual CD art on Bad Hair Day. Now, originally it was a color photo of Al. Then, in later pressings, it was a black and white photo of Al. And then, in certain pressings, it was accidentally the Al Palooza CD art. Well, I didn't have anything to do with that. Okay. I, mean, I designed a full color picture. And that's the way it was always meant to be. So, um, if if somebody varied that for whatever reason, uh, are you, is, was this a volcano reissue that it went to black and white? Because uh, I wasn't involved with that. Yeah, there was a certain number, and I don't remember what that number is that were pressed. And once they hit that number, I guess to save printing costs they switched over to black and white for the artwork on the CD. Hmm. I, th I think that was still on Scotty Brothers. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened where the Alapalooza artwork started getting used. The Alapalooza artwork was uh, used uh, on the Volcano release, and I think that was just um, probably in the the translation of moving all the files over somehow that got confused, and they thought the uh, Alapalooza <laughs> CD art was... Uh, was meant to be for that CD, for the uh, Bad Hair Day CD. Yeah, I don't believe the Alapalooza artwork, uh, CD artwork, was ever released on the Scotty Brothers. After Bad Hair Day came Running With Scissors. So Running With Scissors, um, you know, that was his wish. He's He's been, you know, aching to do this uh, album called Running With Scissors. Right. <laughs> so um, <laughs> he finally got his wish. Now, the thing that you don't know about Running With Scissors is that uh, for this album, I had to prepare two covers. Oh, really? Because we the other cover was to look like uh, Star Wars, because it had the Saga Begins. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Their um, original idea was to have it look like Star Wars. You know, the picture that we used on the single, you know, where he's right, in yeah. front of the Anakin house? Okay. That was the cover. And in case um, they said no, if the studio said no, then we had to have a backup cover ready. Hmm. So that's that's how this came about. I had basically had to prepare two. Wow. So I had to have, uh, you know, treat the other one like it was the cover. You know, we had the, a model made. We did the photo session. We did we did a whole photo shoot of him with a green screen, um, and then put married him with the uh, Anakin house. If they went with the the cover that eventually ended up on the Saga Begins single, would the album have still have been called Running with Scissors? No, I think it was called the Saga Begins. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, it was a completely different approach. Hmm. Wow! And um, and of course, the studio said no. 
you can't use it as the album. You can use you can use it as a single cover, and you could release it as a single, hmm. but okay. uh, can't be the album cover. So that's when we had to uh, so I had to get both ready. Right. <laughs> and um, so Al said, "I want to be crossing the finish line, and I want the biggest scissors in the world. I just I I want to be <laughs> running with big scissors." So I thought, okay, so where am I going to get big scissors? <laughs> and um, I started calling around, and I I, I was uh, working downtown. I teach graphic design at a college downtown called the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising. And so on my lunch, I went down Broadway, and I went to O.J. Simpson's knife shop on Broadway. <laughs> this is where he okay. would go get his wow. knives. He would purchase them and get them sharpened there. Oh, boy. And so I went to the store, and they had these huge scissors. And I called Jay. I said, so I think I found the scissors, um, and they're like $175 a pair. Do you want me to get them? She said, yeah, I can. So, so I did. I bought those, and those those are what we used in the, in the photo shoot. And Al wanted them. He wanted them as a souvenir. Oh, cool. Right. And he loved the fact that they came from OJ's blade shop. <laughs> now I, I gotta ask you about this cover. What the cover that was used is it's very odd and I would love if you could explain the, the cropping and the overlay and, and all of the decisions behind that. Well, um we wanted a full shot of his full body on the cover. And so when and the and the film that we were working with, you know, the camera had been turned so it was vertical, so it was a portrait. So we ran out of image on the right and left. Mm -hmm. But that is the shot oh. that Al wanted. He said, That is it. I don't care what what that is the shot. <laughs> and you no, know, we could have just laid it across yellow or black or white and just had it float there. Yeah. But I thought, you know what? I think let's just put more track under there. Like this is uh, two two images of that track day, so it, it, it's meant to be sort of odd. You know, I suppose we could have spent more money and had um, the uh, track drawn in. You know, and and like continued that little green lawn there, so mm -hmm. there was like a, a circle inside. You know, could have done that, but um, we just did an overlay. And with it, it's just, I mean, it's iconic. Yeah. Now, at what point did you learn that Al was changing his image? Was there buzz? Was there, you know, concern by anyone that, you know, Al's getting rid of the mustache, he's getting the LASIK eye surgery? Well, we need to stop the interview right there, but we will be back next week with the final part of our interview with Doug Haverty. A big thank you to Doug. We learned so much amazing, pretty sick and majestic fantabulous information chatting with him. I cannot wait for everyone to hear the rest of our incredible interview. You know, Ethan, I don't think I knew this before, but I never realized that the background on the Bad Hair Day liner notes was a close-up of Weird Al's scalp. I never noticed that. I just always, I don't know, thought it was some texture. Or I didn't really <laughs> think about it. So really cool to now know that special detail. This week's episode is brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. 
Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say beefy, vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com and wizardburger.com to order ahead. Hey, Dave, what was David Grant's website again? For the last time, it's wolfinwool.com. Each week, we're able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and David Grant at wolfinwool.com. And thanks to our amazing close personal friend, Patreon supporters, Jake, Jared, Javier, UH Jeff, Kenneth, Scott, Zeb, Adriana, Allison, Blair, and Franklin LeBanc. And thanks to Calvin, Heather, and Jason, and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. Additional sponsorship opportunities have opened up, so if you wish to show your support for the podcast, hear your name or message on every full-length episode, and get all the other pretty stinking majestic perks that come with joining our Patreon family, please consider becoming a sponsor. Details can be found on patreon.com slash 2000inch or by emailing our no-good stinking lousy intern Frank via frank at 2000inch.com. And speaking of our no-good, lousy, stinking intern, Frank, you can pick up our brand new line of We Hate Intern Frank merchandise over at shop.2000inch.com. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out our special bonus episode book series where the author of Black and White and Weird All Over, John Bermuda Schwartz, walks us through his book page by page and picture by picture. And remember, only our Patreon family get to hear all the bonus episodes early. We love hearing from all of our listeners and other Weird Al fans, so join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our official 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347-SPATULA. Give it a call and you might even hear your message in a future episode. And be sure to check out the group for an invite to an upcoming digital game night. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past episodes and guests, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. And keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on your favorite podcast app. And thank you once again to our guest, Doug Haverty. And also thank you to Jake Larson, Johnny O'Hearn, and some guy who went all the way to Darwin, Minnesota, just so we would give him a shout out at the end of the podcast. Thank you to Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West for our incredible podcast theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thank you to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for choosing Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. And until next time, remember to gill and chill. Well, there we have it. Another great episode in the books. Ethan, I think there's just one thing left to say. 
join us next week for part three, the finale of our interview with art director Doug Haverty. Well, yes, that, but also I think we should thank you-know-who. Oh, that's right, Dave. All right. From all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, we want to extend a very special thank you to all the whales who are listening. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 141-inch. The number one Weird Al podcast for whales. The number one Weird Whale podcast. Now trending in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Um, um.